Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Belmont Banter. And today, well, I've got someone that's a real affinity with Whitstable Football Club and indeed a lot of clubs around Kent. It's Adrian Hubbard. Ada, as he says. How you doing, Ada? All right? I'm very well, thank you, Tony. Good, okay. Well, you know what this is all about. You've heard a few of these before. I want to know your journey. So where did it all start for you? Uh, well, it started with my mum and dad arguing over a, a lunchtime before going off to watch uh, round eight football. I was uh, about five-year-old then. Um, my dad would pick his team. My mum would pick his team. I was just listening to them arguing between themselves. And... Whatever reason, it would always be my mum would win. <laughs> and so to say uh, she's probably my one that introduced me to football because she used to go uh, with her father to watch matches in the 50s and then obviously married my, my father who was, wasn't that keen on uh, football but he soon became keen on football. But yeah, no, that's, um, that's how I sort of started and also being born in the 50s 1955 and then leading up to the 58 I then was introduced obviously because of the Munich air disaster I then became introduced to Manchester United and the Busby Babes uh, and I you know was sad to what happened in the accident in Germany um, but so I got introduced to uh, the likes of Bobby Charlton, Matt Busby yeah, to name a few and obviously then leading into the, the 60s with them but one of the things, because uh, I like football, obviously, from, from then right up to now, is I was in a, in a pram and the ball come flying over one match and it nearly hit me. <laughs> so that, <laughs> so, um, but, so, but my dad would said, you're not, you're not coming there if you're going to be, get hit by a football man. I said, oh, it's just one of those things. You're going to be hardened up. You'll be fine. Anyway, so that's, um, that's the early part of my, my years. Obviously, I've come interested in George Best and Bobby Charlton, Bobby Whiteley. Obviously, at the age of 11, the 1966 World Cup final. Obviously, with the experience of watching that. Uh, so, that, that then got me involved into liking England and the way England played. Do pause me, won't you, if I'm talking too much? <laughs> no, you carry on. It's your story. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> oh, excellent. Um, yeah, so one of the things with England matches then. There weren't so many live matches. Uh, they used to have highlights at half past ten at night. And I said, well, can I stay up and, and watch, the, watch the football, Mum? Because uh, I'd be better off going after my Mum because my dad would say, definitely not. You could school in the morning. <laughs> um, but um, so she, my Mum said, well, I'll do a deal with you. If you go to bed at seven o'clock and you drop off to sleep, we'll wake you up at half past ten so you can see the highlights of the football. And, and she stuck to her word. She got, got, got me up at half past ten, and then and I witnessed a, an England victory two 0 I think it was. Can't remember the team. I'm far too old to remember those things. But I do remember my mum getting me up regularly on a Wednesday night when the England friendly matches were on and other tournaments. So yeah, that, so 
11 was was about the time when I really got involved. I used to go to um, Ramsgate, obviously, quite a lot because my mum and dad were on supporters club committees at that time. Um, so they got me uh, involved uh, well, before 11, actually. It was, I was eight years old when I was kind of ball boy at Ramsgate. Yeah, I know you put your phone up. So here I am, hundreds of years later, still doing it. Um, but uh, no, the going up to watch matches where the tendencies were a lot higher in those old Kent League days or in the Southern League days as it was then uh, to what it is now, which is a shame. We used to get 1,500, 2,000 people. When I was a ball boy, the other side of the wall, you know, not getting in any trouble. So it, it's nice to watch a game without being squashed. But um, I, not only did I become ball boy, it was my duty, it was also going round to the tea hut to get the, the, the kettle for the players to have tea at half time. That's another thing that's changed. You don't see players have tea at half time anymore. So, um, yeah, but uh, interesting times. Did you play yourself at all? I played school. My first, first football match was a cub match over at Kingsgate. It was a five-a-side cubs because I used to be in the St. Lawrence Cubs they were in Ramsgate and we had a uh, competition six aside or competition and um, uh, myself found a chap called Paul Gregory who was uh, his godfather to my son Robert they, we entered the Cubs competition and we won 9-0 and me and, me and Mr. Gregory we, we, we scored four between us and I think it was an own goal oh, so we, uh, we, got, we got a woggle as a prize <laughs> Brilliant. Did that but, give you a uh, taste to play a play on again? Yeah, yeah. I uh, so uh, yeah. After that, it was um, primary school football, uh, which obviously we had a, a good um, school teacher there that encouraged people to get out in the fresh air and play sport. Uh, so that was that was good. We won a primary cup there, I think, once, but we always seemed to lose to St Lawrence because I was at Dame Janet's school, but so. So Lawrence would always be top four stay and always seem to have all the best players. <laughs> It'd be like Man City, wouldn't it? But um, no, then from school football, uh, primary school, I went into uh, to join Dane Court School, which is a secondary school, and we uh, had a under thirteen cup final. We got through to, and uh, we played our local rivals St George's the evening game on a Tuesday night, where the parents could come along and watch. And uh, end up winning that 4-2. Didn't have a really good game. Made two and scored two. Didn't have a really good game. <laughs> but no, that was a highlight of winning it at school football. Yeah. But, but then I went on to play Sunday football with the occasional Saturday football in the local works league or the previous Sunday league. Yeah, so um, they, were, they were a good time. We got to a cup final uh, in a cup couple of first seasons there where I played over at Margate once and scored a scored a goal on the Hartstown pitch. But I thought I can't just leave scoring a goal at Hartstown pitch, I've got to score one on Southwest pitch against in, in our uh, cup final on Sunday I um, scored one in the last five minutes to put it into extra time. Uh, and we then uh, we went to a replay because um, we drew the second game so I ended up losing 2-0, so, but, but I was pleased to score a goal on Southwest pitch at that time. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Did you then carry on playing football? 
Uh, well, from when I, because um, I was reaching the end of my school life, my parents said, you've got to get yourself a job first and a career. Why can't I concentrate on football? So they said, well, you might go down the park one, one week, fall over, break your leg and badly and not be able to perform. You need a proper job. Um, anyway, I this particular Wednesday night, I did go down our street, which is sort of a cul-de-sac, and we always used to have all the boys down there used to play a game of football, but it was on concrete. <laughs> on, um, not goal, not post for goalposts, it was, you know, curbs for the, you had to all over. Well, silly me, when I was seven years old, one day I flipped fell over the curb and broke my ankle, so I had to go off to Marbella Hospital. My dad said it wasn't really, my mum was sympathetic, but my dad said, I told you you shouldn't be playing down there. Anyway, it's it strengthened me in it and, it's, and it made me hard to say, look, I'm determined to want to play football, not going to let a broken leg stop me. So anyway, I then carried on playing part football. But when I get got round to, eventually got to, Married. I've jumped a few years a bit here. On my okay. own. Um, but um, I married and um, had two children, which I used to, um, then took up to watch football. But my wife said, "Oh, you've been at work all week. I need you to look after the children, the daughter and the son." So I said, "Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take you up for the football ground. It's something you know, the sun's shining. Be fine. Then I'll take you over because I'll take you um, over to the." Play area and have it, you know, on the following day. <laughs> so, uh, while I was up at, um, taking my son and daughter, Jim Ward came across to me and said, uh, what, are you, <laughs> what are you doing with yourself now then? I said, well, I'm come up here to watch. Uh, previously to that, just jumping back slightly, I did, we did play Sunday football and as Jim was part of our team, Jim Ward, um, and he, he and myself, I'm one of his, um, it wasn't Danny that played so much with me, but it was another of his brothers. Um, but um, yeah, so that's how I got the connection with Jim Ward at first off. And then, of course, then going back to when I took my son and daughter up, he said, What are you doing? Do you fancy coming and help me? Be sponge, you know, do the sponge man and help do the things in the dressing room with the physio work as it is now. I said, Well, I know nothing about first aid. Um, and he said, don't worry about that, there's enough football players in there that will help you out. Said, All we want you to do is just uh, help me out with, with the kit <laughs> and also the and also the bucket on the, in the dugout, you know, which he was called Spongebob. So. Right. so that's how, that's how I got involved there. And I said, he was, um, and you might know him, the John Burroughs, Ada Burroughs' father. Yes. He, he was the uh, physio then at that time. And um, he had to, because of work commitments, to continue that, um, so Jim asked me, Would I mind helping out? So I said, A lot of stories short, I helped out. I said, Look, I'll stay to the end of the season until you get someone else. This was in about the mid 90s, and well, still there basically, almost until the last 40 odd years. But, um, but no, it, it, I'd like the boards, they've done a lot, lot for me because, um, at a certain part of my married life, I ended up going through a bit of a bad time. Ended up with a divorce, uh, first first wife, um, and um, as a family, they helped me out because they um, they said, "Well, oh, come over, Jim and his wife Muriel." Said, "Well, oh, come over for Sunday dinner over with us. We're, we're, we're you know we're helping." 
and things. And so I've got a lot of respect for the whole family. I know you see you see two sides of you've seen two sides of Jimmy, you've seen two sides of Danny. You've got the one that's a, a football man that's a, between one and five o'clock <laughs> on a Saturday, or you've got the one that looks after you, hospitality, you know, invites you to dinners, and excellent, excellent family. Do you know what? There's a bit of an analogy here with footballers. They change when they put their football boots on and cross the line. Jimmy, particularly, and Danny as well to some extent, they both change when they're standing on the line. <laughs> what people don't understand is, away from the line, there are a couple of good guys. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I listened to Jim and Danny's um, podcast you've done with them, and I, I thought, well, there won't be many podcasts. I know they're all good podcasts. You, you, I wouldn't disrespect anybody, but you won't find two better sincere people than them. No, I enjoyed both of them, and Danny yeah. really, Danny really surprised me because he really opened up. Jim did as well, but Danny surprised me. I was, I was really delighted to do them both. Yeah, no, they're excellent people. Yeah, we kept the kept the. You know, we still talk to each other. We go on Cheltenham trips, although we obviously didn't go this year. Um, but um, yeah, they were great. But Lee didn't um, want from from that. I'd always be involved in football wherever they went. Uh, the times when they left Ramsgate, once they went off to Maidstone, obviously I went along as kit man there. Maidstone United, they were good good times. Uh, won the won the league a couple of times, but they weren't prepared to have the stadium done then. So, what a shame! Uh, yeah, I know Jim was. I say bitterly, but he was very disappointed not to get the opportunity of that. He was. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and then from Maystone, I think we went back to Ramsgate briefly, and then went to Sittingbourne, and then obviously we went to Whitstable, and obviously wherever the wards went, I tagged behind. And that literally is tagged behind because I'm carrying the bags and, <laughs> and everything. <laughs> but uh, no, but um, they were they were good times at Ramsgate. We've done very well in in leagues and, and cups and, and we got through to the quarter final of the bars during their time. The year that Jill got through actually to, to win it. So yeah, they had we a great side, didn't they? Yeah, I mean they, as as the, the playing days, obviously they were my playing days were long long gone. I didn't reach the heights and it's a shame. I would like to have been around now because I think the coaches uh, and one of them which we've got with us now, Lloyd, excellent coaching. And specifies on detail. It's excellent. I wish I was around then. And then I had a good lad. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, obviously, I've been to Whitstable before when under Gary Johnson when he asked me to come along. When um, I can't remember what manager left then. It's under Nicky Southall anyway. Uh, I joined joined him, and that was interesting to see being in the dressing room with him at the level of Nicky Southall played to the dressing room that Jim Jim and Danny were involved in. I mean, I, I think they both used some strong language, yeah, but it was interesting to me. I just stayed quiet and listened and observed and, and tried to see how they dealt with it. And, and I, you know, and I, I've learned so much. That's the nearest I can get to playing football is being in a technical area as old boy, if you like, for one of a better word, Cleaning the balls or providing the providing the um, their uh, bibs and things like that and keeping them under control. That's the nearest I can get to playing. 
Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. You mentioned Nicky, and I, and I rate him as a very professional man the way he went about things. Was there a big difference to the way that Nicky approached things to Jim and Danny? Uh, well, obviously, I think, um, obviously, being, I suppose, major differences because Nicky was involved in professional football, whereas Jim and Danny were involved in non league football. Yeah. So I don't think you can have. Both, I mean, I know we had at one stage at Maystone, we have Steve Butler, do you remember Steve Butler, the Jimmy Butler, yeah. and Lester, he, he, he came along to do training at, uh, for Maystone, and he was a, he wanted everyone to be there on time, but non-league players, because of their jobs, and they couldn't get there on time for training, and then you've got the road traffic, he said, well, I'm starting at half past seven, and I'm starting, at, if they're not here by half past seven, we're waiting until they do, because then we're, we stayed, we'll end up staying later. <laughs> was what Steve Butler was like. But Nicky Southall was a little bit different to that. But but I think I think yeah, Nicky knows knew the professional and he wanted standards, which was quite quite right. And obviously Jim and Danny had their sandwich, they wanted total commitment as well. So but they in their own ways they were good managers. Yeah, very much. I, I don't want to put you on the spot here, Ada, about uh, you know, who was the best player. That you've ever worked with, or you know, you've been privileged to work alongside. Who would you know? Throw me a couple of names that really stand out because you've actually sat in the dugout for some fantastic sides: Sittingbourne, Maidstone, Whitstable, Ramsgate. You know, incredible. Some you've seen some really good players. I just wondered if you throw a couple of names at me that really stand out. Well, I enjoyed um, Steve Marshall when we had him at Maidstone. I know yeah. you had him on. Casting, yeah, he was a good day, and and back to Maidstone and Steve Marshall. We we had recently we went and had a a charity game for Martin Ford and uh, Paul Foley. So I was asked to go along to help and do the, the kit man's job it on the Maidstone Vets team that day. Lovely, uh, and that was good to see uh, people that you know you've seen in the past. It's a shame it wasn't. Occasion, but it, it, it went well, and, and you know, Paul Foley was a great guy. It's a shame, um, and obviously, his father, I come across Foley, he's, he's died a long ago as well. So. But as regards to other players, I mean, no, you're right, I've seen so many players, but for Whitstable, uh, when I was here under Nicky Southall, highlights uh, Herdy. Yeah, uh, I thought his commitment and and, it, and I think he, he would come back to here at some stage. I'm just hoping he might come back to here. But. Yeah, my, my fingers are crossed as well. He's, Scott's a, what, what got me about Scott is that sudden burst of pace that, that really picked him out, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully things are looking good on the current side. I'm looking really looking forward to it this season. If only we could get rid of this COVID pandemic stuff, it would be great. Yeah, it was good down at Deal the other week, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good considering that was our first first friendly, and Deal had had three before that. That's right. Um, so obviously with um, obviously with Stephen Holman not being around, obviously Lloyd's got Ben Ben Harding as help. So have you seen him yet? Have you spoken to him? Yet? Yeah, I've seen him. I haven't spoken to him yet, but uh, he was at the game. Lloydie told me that he's still got carrying a bit of an injury. Yeah, I believe believe so. I mean, um, he, he moved up into the area. From Truro, I think. You need to speak to him. He, he, he could probably tell you a few stories a bit. I'm going to get him on, don't worry. 
yeah, he's he's really a nice fella, and the players respect him as well because obviously he's been professional as well. So, and so he's, he knows what it's all about, and he does great coaching as well. So. Well, we're actually recording this on the day before we're due to play a home game, but it now looks as if it's been cancelled. Yeah, unfortunately, because um, of again coronavirus getting in, a few players have, from the opposition have been tested positive. So they've had to pull out. That was um, Kennington, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, unfortunately, the way things are at the moment, they weren't allowed to pull that, fulfil that fixture. I know the club have tro- tried to get another uh, team to come along, but then I think the, the club as a, as a whole probably made the decision as to have an in-house game. So at least we're keeping it in the thing within our own yeah. bubbles. Right? And I think that's probably the way to go. I think it's a safer thing to do at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's what's happening tomorrow. You've got Laney and looking after two squads tomorrow. Well, that's going to be fun. <laughs> yes. So um, we'll see what happens there. See what happens. Well, you've you've brought us full circle. Actually, it's uh, that's really good because the nice thing about you, Aidy, is that you've got an affiliation and a connection with quite a few clubs around Kent, and you've been around a lot. And more important, you've been involved with some very successful sides, which uh, which is important, isn't it? Because when you get to the stage, I know when we had our period at uh, Whitstable when we won the league, there's, there's a, I've mentioned it before, but I don't hesitate to mention it again. There's a feeling, you've seen it, there's a feeling that goes around the dressing room that we can't be beat. Yeah. And they approach the game in a different way, don't they? Definitely. Yeah, and it's a it's a really, really nice thing to see because, you know, the commitment's always there and they always want to win, but all of a sudden everything changes. And I don't know why, you know, there is a certain period during the season you think, wow, this is a bit different, but you must see that on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing is, I, I, a bit like any manager behind the scenes, they look after them and I tend to, that's part of my job, if you like, as well, to making sure that I'm providing relevant kit and the right socks and the right tape that I, that I donate uh, and little things like that mean a lot to players and I've got a lot of respect for them and they, they seem to respect me well. There's always banter in dressing rooms yes, uh, yeah, so on, which are, you need that team bonding as well So, but there's a time and a place and Roy will always say that and any manager will say that but no I, I think this current squad that's being put together I just hope, and I but the signs are there that I think very confidently that I think we'll have a good season. Yeah, I hope so too. And the nice thing about it as well is that uh, Lloyd's taken his time about. First of all, you you've been involved. You came with him, which I was delighted about, because uh, you know we don't want to go into the reasons he left Ramsgate. That's history. He's he'd already got an affinity with a lot of the young players, and the proof on the pudding was when he came in, he focused on the youth. Which I yes. thought was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, it's funny that with uh, Lloyd was obviously down at, at Ramsgate and obviously moved on. But when the last time Lloyd came down with Whitstable before I left Ramsgate, he, he spoke to me as we were walking down to onto the pit. He said, um, Are you joining here? I said, Well, not later, because it was soon after that long person. 
arrived. And I said, well, I not only football matters, but my parents are now gone who lived in Ramsgate. I live in Whitstable and I work in Dover. And, and it used to be quite a, a trek sometimes go from work in Dover to an evening game at, at Ramsgate, then back to Whitstable. At least if, um, and he said, you're judging, you're, you're, you're almost interested, you're almost coming, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I um, was very loyal to Ramsgate Football Club because they were my family club at that time. Yes. But, and I thought, well, I've got to, you know, look after myself as well because it was tiring me out traveling from Dover to, to um, Ramsgate and then back to Whitstable because by the time you pack all the gear away, you know what I'm like here at Whitstable. Um, you know, by the time I get home, it's quarter to 11 here, so from Ramsgate, mm-hmm. half past 12. Of course, Jim would always like a drink in a game when the gym board, yeah. in the afterwards. So he would always ask me, well, you couldn't drop me back home. I said, you live in flipping Kingsgate. <laughs> Another half hour's drive. So I'm going home about midnight. And then I get up at half past five, six o'clock in the morning to get ready to go to work. Anyway, that's another story about Jim. But, um... <laughs> I love the way that Jim Wall keeps coming up in these chats. Brilliant. <laughs> but uh, but um, I, I love it. And, and I fully support Roy because I enjoyed him when he was in, in Ramsgate. I enjoy it now. And I help I, I help him and the backroom staff, the rest of the staff. Good good people. The committee are good over here. And they're, they're the, you know, Ramsgate time, there was good people there. But I, even when I come watch matches at... Um, Winstable when I wasn't, and it's just a watch again, you know, to help Jimmy up because he said, If you see something, he said, Yeah, Jim's out, he'd be winning. He said, Look, I pay to get in for you, you can buy the coffees. I said, Did you pay? No, you didn't. Anyway, stop mentioning Jim, and I was up here. Um... Well, <laughs> our time's up, Aided, but I'll tell you what, I've really enjoyed the chat tonight. I mean, it's like all of these that I do, I never know where it's going. I didn't know anything about your history pre being the kit man, and it's just been a lovely journey. So, uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to say goodbye to everyone. So, thanks very much, everyone, for listening to this uh, podcast here at Belmont Banter. And from me here at Belmont Banter and Ada Hubbard on the other end of the phone, it's goodbye, and we'll speak soon. Cheers, Ada. Cheers, Tony. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fibre services to the telecoms industry, specialising in optical fibre provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England. Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers. Cheers.